Hello, and welcome back to part two of Citywave Cinema's review of Beetlejuice. Uh, in case for some reason you missed part one, James has an unrelenting hatred for this movie, and I have a very complicated relationship with this movie after seeing it now. Um, I want to make I want to make something clear. If you like the movie, that's fine. I think it's okay to laugh at the movie and think it's a good movie. But you gotta understand that everything in the movie is bad. And it's it's truly very questionable at best. Like, at the very best, it's just questionable what is written in the script, in the story. It's just, man. I'm sure it was funny when it came out and people loved it when it came out because women didn't matter when it came out or something. I don't know. Uh, But, man, is the every joke? I thought I was gonna laugh when we when when we found out we were gonna watch Beetlejuice. I thought, oh, I've seen the pictures of Michael Keaton in this movie, and man, I thought that's a wild costume. Michael, I like Michael Keaton a lot. Maybe it's maybe it'll be like really funny or really good, and there'll be great acting in it. And then instead of that, what had happened was, uh, they just did a lot of. Uh, sexual assault on screen and then uh what other complaints did i have oh that's right it's gonna be pedophilia for the rest of the film fuck yeah fuck you fuck it all i'll start off my first note is a worst dinny dinny (laughs) (laughs) worst dinner party ever Neither one of us can fucking talk tonight. I, I said, last episode, I said axing a bunch of times. <laughs> Worst dinner party ever. And then I wrote, very shortly followed by that, most iconic scene. Uh, I, I wrote it was the most expensive music video ever filmed. <laughs> Which is not true. I think there's probably a music video that cost more than the entire budget for this movie. I was like, Taylor Swift's new, like, ten minute music video is probably... I don't know what Taylor's doing nowadays, but... She man. Just, she just released her own album. From like her perspective, her red, red Taylor's version. Yeah, she's. I think she's gonna do all of her albums in her version since Big Machine or whatever that other record label was can can't get their dick out of their own ass. Whatever. Anyways, off topic. Um, man, the saving grace of this movie is this scene. Honestly, it's so it is so good. funny and it's so well done. The if if you could if you had told me prior to watching that there was gonna be a dinner party scene that I would want to watch on repeat for the rest of my life, I probably wouldn't have believed you. I think the acting in there is just so superb, too, because they have to move their bodies in, like, this jolting fashion, but keep, like, this face of, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's <laughs> like being a marionette puppet. In I, I, That's what it seemed like to me, is, like... And what's even better, I didn't know who was possessing them. Or what was even happening. And they don't explain it until after the scene happens. Which is, in my in this instance, in my opinion, I think that's even better. Like, it makes it that much better. It, man. 
That was so funny. And a great use of the Calypso song. Like, I, it had me, after the movie, I've got a Calypso playlist on my Spotify now. I just, like, I really like when they all turn around and shake their butts. Like, it was just so good. Like they I'll bet like, you, I bet you when they were making the movie, they did that sequence where they all, like, bent over the chair and stuck their ass in the air and, like, shook it a little bit. Like, I bet you they were like, man, this is edgy. And they had Michael Keaton already in the movie say, fuck, and grab his dick. Like, Wow. That that part was so good. This is a PG movie. This is a PG movie from 1988, with a 17-year-old Winona Ryder in it. It's it, you had a similar reaction though when we watched Goonies for the first time when we were dating, and you were like, "How is this a movie for kids?" And I was like, "The 80s, man! Yeah! <laughs> what the fuck is Goonies on about?" <laughs> Not gonna get into it. Different time. Different oh, time. Oh man. Good movie. Better be, movie than this movie. I would be a lot edgier if I grew up in the 80s. The 80s like, were a Like, I would be a lot edgier. They were, it was a time. And these are the people that say all our movies and songs are about sex. Fuck you guys. All you ever did in the 80s was blow and fuck. That's like everything out of the... Every 80s song is about sex. And I will hear no other arguments. I will not hear a single one. And I've said this to my father, who only listens to 80s music and music about Jesus. All of the 80s songs are about sex, and you cannot convince me otherwise. And almost all the 80s movies are about sex or drugs. There's there's the only two things. Did you only have the two things in the 80s? Was it only sex and drugs? They didn't have the internet yet. Well, fuck yeah, I guess that's all you had to do, wouldn't it? Fuck, man. <laughs> Chat just said they never touched the no-no snow. <laughs> well, and you must have had a lot of sex in the 80s, I guess. I don't know. It's yeah. Um, My next comment is rich people are literally the worst. Oh, I wrote, uh, leave it to the fucking New York goon squad to want to monetize ghosts. See? Rich people are the worst. They're the worst. Uh, I said Delia is the ultimate Karen because she defies death and wants to see its manager. Right? Like, she was just sitting That's there. it. I'm going to see the ghosts. Like, she was like, take me to them right now. Take them. You better go up In, the stairs. It, Lydia's there like, they're fucking not even here. Well, take me to them. What? I what t- kind of fucking maniacal power trip are you on right now, lady? I demand to see Juno. I demand to see their caseworker right now. Bring her there. Lydia doesn't even know about Juno. <laughs> like, she, she was just like, no, no, no death. No death. This movie, at every turn, is fucking insane. Ultimate Karen. There is not a moment in the movie where I was like, oh, finally something that's, like, normal. Everything is fucking insane. The whole way through. Which is crazy. Uh, In a similar vein to America's Note, uh, I wrote, I continue to hate every character in the movie except Lydia and Charles. But also, like, fuck Charles for trying to monetize ghosts. He was cool, and then he wasn't. And Lydia wasn't cool, but then she was. I'm Uh, very up and down on them. I wrote, uh, why do they keep just fucking leaving the handbook out places? Now Otho's got it. Who's still in the movie for reasons. Who also didn't read it fully either, because he got to the part of, like future resurrecting them back. and they're like why why are they dying and he's like i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> where, where is it i have a i have a note about Arthur, and i want to come to it now rather than later 
But like I wrote this note, Otho is a well. I guess it's practically right now. Anyways, Otho is a prick, but his character trait of knowing every single thing is hysterical. Like throughout the movie, people are like, "What do you know about this?" And he's like, "I did this, this, and this, and this." And he always provides like an answer to a question about why he knows something, and it's really funny to me. That like there's a because there's always there's all these characters who just don't know shit for the whole movie and they don't have any explanation for anything the whole time and it's just like one guy who is one of the quote bad guys who is a dick literally knows everything and it's hysterical. Also and Beetlejuice they know everything. Beetle I love when she's like do you have any references and he's like um I went to Juilliard and I blah blah blah. <laughs> He's just like, I went to Juilliard and I graduated top of my Did class. Did Michael Keaton go to Juilliard? I wonder, or... Because one of the notes I read about... Because after we watch the movie, I like to read the IMDb trivia, right? Because I like to... I like background shit about movies. I just enjoy learning those facts. And one of the things I wrote is that Michael Keaton pretty much ad-libbed 90% of his lines. Which also led me to believe that the 80s was a terrible decade and nothing good ever came from it um but it would be really funny to me if his monologue about his references for being the like dead bio exorcist that he is no oh where did he not go to juilliard he uh he actually had like a really rough start of it in the uh hollywood industry um, to the point that he studied speech for two years at Kent State before dropping out and moving to Pittsburgh. Um, tried to become a stand-up com- comedian, which led to very much unsuccess. Started Oof. working as a TV cameraman in a cable station. and You can always hold a camera. He came to the realization that he wanted to work in front of cameras instead of behind them. And so he started... He actually first appeared on TV in several episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And then he was Beetlejuice. Not like there were steps in between there, but I'd just like to point that out. And Mr. then he felt up Gina Davis on screen. So, you know, that happened. Um, there's think, a lot of steps in between. There's a lot of steps in between Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and Beetlejuice, but I would just like to point out that that's... The, those are two points in Michael Keaton's career. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> and then he was in a Spider-Man movie. I don't know what's tight. Uh, so, yeah, my thing was why do they just keep leaving the handbook out places? And then... I fully stopped taking notes after a certain point and then started taking notes again a little later. But it just, I just, I don't have anything redeeming about it. It got to the point too, where I was just like, I don't really have anything to say about like the crazy wacky shit that's going on because like, like I said it last episode and I might've said it. Oh, did I say it last episode where it just felt like the whole movie just was like an insane thing. And then another insane thing. Okay. So I, I said this to America before we started recording uh, a little earlier. The movie's paced in a way where you start and it's fine and then they die. And from the time that Barbara and Adam die to the end of the movie, it is one insane thing happens and then another insane thing happens. And then another insane thing happens and then another insane thing happens. And sometimes... There's no bridge between the insane things that happens. And most of the time, there's no explanation for the insane things that happen. And it just escalates 
throughout the whole movie. And every time you think, wow, this is the craziest shit they'll do, they do another scene, and then that's the craziest shit that they'll do. And then you get to the end, and you've got 17-year-old Winona Ryder in a wedding dress and Michael Keaton in a tuxedo getting married. And that's fucking wild. That's fucking crazy. Um... Since James didn't write any notes, you can stop me when I you get caught up to me. I wrote, teenagers won't listen to reason, because they just don't. Lydia sees this monster that clearly doesn't look like either Barbara or Adam. And is just like, why would you guys do this? I don't want to talk to you anymore. Don't talk to me. And, like, runs off. Oh, the snake. Yeah, and then tries to commit suicide a few scenes later to be with them. Well, she doesn't try. She just says she's going to. Yeah, but like... Because if you made it happen on screen, then it would be a problematic film. They showed so many depictions of suicide in the afterlife. You know what you could... The fucking... The film people... Who cares what their fucking name is? The fucking film people now would get to the scene where the clerk in hell lifts up her wrists to show that she cut her own wrists uh, to die. And they would have been like, well, you can't have that. That's an R-rated movie. Bing, bang, boom, right there. And they would have been like, we already had Michael Keaton say fucking grab his penis. I don't know what you're thinking this is going to be anything less than an R-rated movie. Like, they got to go back and reevaluate the ratings on all these movies and change them. Because no child should watch Goonies and no child should watch this movie. And no child should probably watch Sandlot, but I haven't watched that movie either. You haven't seen Sandlot? No. What is wrong with you? Uh... There's a long list. Fair enough. Do you think I'm going to say nice things about Sandlot? Do you think I'm going to say nice things about Sandlot? Sandlot's such a good movie. So did you say it was Beetlejuice? Goonies is such a good movie. I will I will admit that Beetlejuice is problematic, but Goonies is a fucking good movie. You leave Goonies alone. I liked Goonies. It's problematic, but I liked Goonies. I wrote these two absolutely suck at everything about Barbara and Oh, Barbara Adam. and Adam? I wrote that they're, uh, they're idiots. Because, like, I don't know, but I really feel like it's not that hard to haunt people. I mean, I can imagine it would be hard It would be hard to haunt people if, oh, I don't know, you didn't read the manual with that, that has a specific instructions on how to haunt people. And we're back to the manual conversation. Um, it's the one fucking point in the whole movie is that they didn't read the manual, so the rest of the movie happens. I wrote, I was very upset that... Uh, Beetlejuice drops Charles from, like, the second story onto, like, tile floor. And he comes in the next scene and all he has is a band-aid. He's got a band-aid on his eye. He's got a band-aid over his forehead. Like, you fell. No broken bones. solid 20 feet. No hospital visit. On your back. Nothing. People die from that. You got a band-aid. You got got boo-boo on on your forehead. forehead. We're so married. I'm gonna throw up and die. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, it was really frustrating to me. Wild. Um, and then I wrote, Lydia continues to be a mood because she was like, I am alone. And I was like, fucking same girl. <laughs> um, I wrote one of the funniest gags in the movie and it's so small that you might miss it, but it is when they're, the caseworker calls them in. She's like, transform into horrible monster. Show me how you're going to scare him. Right. Uh, I have a couple comments about that, but my first one is the glasses gag is actually pretty funny. Because he takes his eyes out and puts them on, like, his, his fingers. fingers. And Barbara transforms and 
he goes to look at her, but he has to hold the glasses and use two of the eyeballs to look through the glasses to see her. I didn't see, because the, the glasses are wireframe, I didn't actually see that he, that he was holding the glasses. Yeah, he was like this So to I look didn't know, I, I was like, why is he doing that? I was like, I, I, don't, w- what, I don't understand what I'm looking at. Yeah, the glasses gag was pretty funny because he like, it, they kept true in the fact that he still needs glasses. It's see. like, there's so many little bits in the movie that are really funny and wholesome and fine. And then there's other things that are like, wow, I can't believe this happened in the same movie that this other stuff happened in. Um, my next issue was, they made it very clear at the beginning of the movie and for most of the movie that they can't be seen. So what is changing their face into creepy monsters going to do for them? Eh, it's unclear. Maybe they read the portion of the manual that allows them to decide whether or not they're seen. Like, even the caseworker was like, yeah, you can't be seen, so, like, figure some shit out. And it's like the living will not see the dead. So it's like... Didn't they make a big deal about cancer won't? Yeah, like, they won't see the dead. Like, they refuse to. Um, There's no rules. It's It's the Wild West. There's no rules. There's no so rules. I was just like, I feel like this is going against everything we learned previously in the movie. Feels like they wrote it in an afternoon. Um, and then I wrote Lydia is a tease to the supernatural <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Stop it! She was seventeen. But she's just she's just a tease to the supernatural as like far as everything goes. Um, and I went, why is everyone so damn obsessed with ghosts in this? fucking movie honestly like people are flying in from new york to like they get business people people. coming well sell me on these ghosts what like i've never in my life seen like i know that there are lots of people that do go to like haunted houses and there's like ghost hunters and like that's a thing like i watch buzzfeed unsolved supernatural like i get it i do but i've never ever 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 just heard of like rich people going well if you have ghosts well of course we'll show up like what? <laughs> it feels like they were like, and then this happens because I said it does, and then this happens because I said it does. I was just—it was—it was really confusing to me why everyone was like literally so horny for ghosts the entire movie. My next note is in the seance scene, so just let me know when you get there. Um, I wrote rich people suck so much ass. They do. Like, well, actually, if they did suck ass, they would be providing a service to the country, and they don't do that, so. That was about the seance scene because it's like oh. literally like rich people are literally just sitting here like for their own fucking shits and giggles. Like bring forth the ghosts, make them do ghost things. Sing and dance, us. sing and dance. Like I fucking hate rich people. Carry on. Lydia's eye roll in the seance scene is pretty fucking good. It's on I point. must have missed it. It's like, dude, they dedicated a whole shot to it. Like they, uh, I think fucking the rich guy said some outlandish shit uh charles's boss said some outlandish shit and she was just in the background going "Ugh, it was great uh my next note literally says i don't know this shit is fucking weird and it's just about the whole seance scene i'm just gonna read my notes from like this point forward to the end of the movie because it doesn't matter where they come well i uh i wrote jack skellington makes an appearance he does 
But it wasn't Jack Skellington yet. No, it was just a face that Tim Burton had carved. Yeah, Tim Burton just has drawn that face for so long. It eventually does become Jack Skellington. There's that cool little thing that we saw. But, um, yeah, he, he appears at the top of the merry-go-round that's on Beetlejuice's head. That's a cool little note. Okay. Do you have more? Because uh, once I go, I'm just going to go. I, I'll finish mine, right. and then we can finish James's. Cool. Um, the format's getting thrown off tonight. My, I wrote, even though it dated itself before with stereo instructions things, I said movie really dates itself with Kmart joke. <laughs> attention what? all Kmart shoppers. Yeah, attention all Kmart shoppers. And I was like, God, Kmart, remember when that was a thing? <laughs> I, I did have a giggle about that. The blue light. I remember the blue light from Kmart. That's about all I remember. Um, I wrote, rich people suck. Twice. And we need to eat the rich. Well, I don't want to eat. They probably don't taste that good. Like, I'm just... The whole movie wouldn't happen if rich people didn't do rich people shit. Well, the whole movie wouldn't happen if they read the manual. <sighs> rich people suck. I... I we, again, me and James have very different different opinions about this movie, but I wrote... I love Michael Keaton so much in this role. I think he did a great job. I think he was super funny. I loved him. I liked his whole thing that he brought to that. I wrote, Barbara's a badass because she fucking... Goes in there, climbs on the snake, and rides it in to eat Beetlejuice. Fucking badass. That would have been a cool Love scene her. to have in the movie. It was in the movie. No, it would have been a cool scene to see her tackle slash tame. Oh. Even if it was just like a couple seconds, like an action shot. You don't even need a scene. A shot of her like taming this giant sandworm that's been causing problems according to Beetlejuice's newspaper. That would have been fucking cool to see. I wrote, gross in all-girls school. <laughs> I noticed that. That's and funny. then I said, blatant sexism is blatant everywhere. Blatant sex at the end of the movie? Just as an overarching. Oh, as, an over, as like an overtone. Got it. Yep. All right. And those were the rest of my notes. Please go, James. Well, strap in. Uh, beginning with, I don't know, this shit is fucking weird. Um, we have, let me set the stage for you. Charles and his wife. Charles's boss and his wife. Also Otho, for reasons. The reason being he has the book and knows how to do the seance. Or the resurrection, I guess. Um, oh, for fuck's sakes, we're doing Beetlejuice shit again. Which is the point in time where Lydia and Beetlejuice are striking up the deal. And the deal includes uh, Lydia marrying Beetlejuice. In order to save Adam. In order to save Adam and Barbara. There would not be a note on this issue if it were not plainly stated how young Lydia is. There's a lot of things that are okay to make jokes and film about. Just running a pedophilia line into your plot is fucked up. I don't give a shit what decade it is. That's fucked up. I don't give a shit if it's supposed to be funny. That's not cool, and it would not fly in today's Hollywood. Even though today's Hollywood's fucked up. Yes. Uh, it does fly in today's Hollywood. Well, what did I fucking miss? Count Olaf. Violet. He tries to marry Violet. In series of That's events. true. And that is problematic. 
but I find it less problematic than Beetlejuice because Beetlejuice is already a sexual assaulter. That's that we've seen in the same movie. And he's not doing it to have sex with Violet. He's just doing it so he. No, he's doing it to get the money because Count Olaf's all about the money. Beetlejuice is not only a supernatural demon, but is all about uh fucking fucking. He's gross. He's intended to be gross and a predator and fucked up. I I just couldn't fucking fathom it, I guess. I I, I inc- an incredibly distasteful decision to run with that for your ending climax. climax. Like you the climax is where you're supposed to bring the whole movie to a head and wrap your storylines. And instead of doing that, you introduce a new one that's worse than all the other ones that were bad. And you just make the movie worse. It doesn't make it better. It gets you where you want to go visually. But I don't like the fucking visual. No one should like the fucking visual. Because it's gross. And it's not good. It's not good to do that. It's not good to do it in Count Olaf. It's not good to do it here. It's like it's a serious thing. I'm not telling fucking jokes about it. It's bad. It's not good. The fucking uh This is <laughs> I wrote I ain't into whoever wrote this shit. What the fuck is happening? This is enormously upsetting. And then uh fully sidebarring all of that plot and story problems, uh I wrote on a technical note, the reaction shots are super obnoxious. Now, it's a scene, right, where a lot of stuff's happening all at once. All kinds of stuff. The corpses are reanimating and then drying out and shriveling and dying again. Uh, there's Beetlejuice is doing his stuff. There's the furniture's coming to life. And there's just... It's standard formula... But it feels like every reaction shot, they just linger for so long. A thing happens, and then you watch the thing happen for, like, an extra two seconds than you need to. And then there's a cut to someone reacting to the thing happening, and you just linger there for, like, an extra second or two too long. And then it just keep, that's just it just keeps going like that. So I, I think it's almost like to pad the runtime a little bit, because it's already a short movie. But, like... God, it was so annoying. <laughs> the only annoying thing for me in that whole seance scene, and I talked to James a little bit about this, but it wasn't in my notes because I didn't really know how to word it properly, was but due to the budget constraints of the movie, because this movie did not have a large special effects budget. Very cheap. And due to the era in which the movie was made, the special effects during the seance take up a lot of fucking time. Like there's this, they really do. There's this whole scene of like her ugly ass statues like reanimating and like trapping Cordelia and Charles, and it takes so fucking long that literally like everyone could have left the house, ran away, and made it back with like coffee before those statues would have gotten to them. Like it just it took forever, and it's a really cool idea and a really cool flux of like. Beetlejuice's power, but it's just like, oh, it took so long. I think, man, it probably, honestly, probably due to budget cuts or just budget constraints in general, I would have enjoyed 
watching a movie where Beetlejuice does Beetlejuice shit beyond his sexual perversions. Uh, and just, like, flexes his power and abilities way more than any of this fucking dog shit plot. It would have been way more entertaining. It would have been more visually appealing. Because Michael Keaton's a good actor, and he was truly just putting on a clinic on ad-libbing all your fucking dialogue. But all the dialogue that got ad-libbed was problematic, and all the scenarios were problematic. And it just would have been cool to see him do his supernatural shit more. Like, the snake was a teaser, and then you get him in the last scene doing a bunch of cool, like, supernatural shit. And it, like, is good for the 80s and other supernatural movies at that time. But, man, you really only get, like, two minutes of it. And those fucking sculptures, man. Not only are they horrific to look at, they're not pretty art. Uh, and there's a sick burn earlier in the movie about how she's a shit artist in a flake uh, by her agent, which is hilarious. But the, the fucking, like, there's a shot of the statue starting to, like, move and shit. And then there's a close-up of one that, like, wakes itself fully up and then starts, like, doing stuff. And then there's another close-up of the next one also doing the same thing. And then there's another shot of both of them again coming out. And then there's a shot of them trapping one. And then there's a shot of them trapping them. It's like, just like she said, it just, it just took too, too, it took so long to watch the statues do their shit when you could have done it in half the time with the same visual effects and it would have been fine. It would have been much more exciting to see. And you could have added more things. Uh, My next note is post the whole wedding and banishing Beetlejuice back to whatever hellscape he is supposed to be in. He got eaten by the worm. Uh, That's right, he got eaten by the worm. Uh, My next note is, who are the parents now? Because plainly it's not Lydia's parents. She comes back and is doing report cards and shit to the ghosts who live upstairs, downstairs. Now the layout of the house doesn't make sense. And it's back to the way it was before it got modernified. So nothing makes sense. Nothing's clear. I don't know where anything is anymore. And she comes back and talks to her weird ghost friends about her report card and shit. And her reward for doing well on the report card is that she gets to levitate and do a dance to a Calypso song? That sounds like a pretty good reward for doing well on a report card. Huh? And she doesn't go tell her real dad, who finds out that she did well on her test by listening to The Wall for the Calypso song? He's reading a manual about living... Living with with the the deceased. Yeah. Great joke there. But what is this whole scene where she doesn't talk to her real dad about her real life things and she's talking to two dead people about her real life things? And they make a big point about how the dead people studied with her. Who are the parents of the child now? What is ha- Who's alive? Who's dead? Does it even matter? The movie says, fuck you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's real and what's not real. What matters is... The whole plot's upsetting. Which is the next note. Where I also wrote, what is happening, this whole plot's upsetting. Uh, And then I wrote the movie is also racist, but I don't remember what the racist thing that happened at the end is. Oh, I do remember the racist thing that happened at the end. (coughs) 
we go back with Beetlejuice to the waiting room. Because that's where you go when you get eaten by the sandworm. Uh, and he's sitting there, and uh, he does his sexual perversion thing again, but I decided not to make a note about it because I've touched on that enough. Just like he touches on the leg of the half-dead woman sitting next to him. Um, and, uh, and then he moves over and sits next to the hunter who has a shrunken head. And, uh, and, that, uh, and on the other side of him is the, the like a, some, a shaman. like a shaman or a chieftain of some sort. And he looks at the shaman, very obviously not white. And he goes, he says, like, is this your handiwork? Which, that just struck a bad chord with me. Like, I already had so many issues with the movie for all the sex stuff. And then, like, you just throw in on the end there as, like, a ha funny joke, the African guy shrinks heads. Ha-ha! What? Why? Unnecessary! Could have made any number of other jokes with Beetlejuice. He's supposed to be a funny character. That's not a funny joke. But... The shaman shrinking Beetlejuice's head is a funny joke. So fucking do with that what you will. What do you rate the movie? Out of 10, given context, and like I said, my kind of issues of seeing kind of the starts of rape culture and how we ended we're up where we are today, um, I'm probably going to give it a 5 to a 6. Um, 6 for nostalgia purposes, but... Probably overall a five. Um, I do like the movie. I do think it has some funny redeeming moments. I really enjoy the songs and the musical, which isn't related, but somewhat related. <laughs> um, so like, and I, I do, I am, I am part of the Tim Burton cult. Hi, how you doing? Even though I don't own anything Tim Burton clothing wise, which is upsetting. Um, I have lots of other Tim Burton things, but anyways, um, I think overall, yeah, just a five. It's really, it's much shorter than I remember it being. It's much more rushed than I remember it being. Um, there's a lot of problematic things in it than I remember. <laughs> um, but overall, I think it's a funny movie, and I think it's a decent watch. But we do have to take into the fact, like, different era, all that stuff. Does that make it okay? Not really. Was that acceptable in the time period? Yes. So, yeah. Your turn. Two out of ten. Wouldn't recommend. Wouldn't watch again. Bad writing. Rushed. Someone should have written fucking lines for Beetlejuice instead of just letting Michael Keaton do his thing. Because I like Michael Keaton a lot, but that many crass, rude, unnecessary jokes, especially in regards to sexual perversion, and then tacking on the end a uh, whole plot point about pedophilia, uh, and how it's like, oh, gotta do the pedophilia to save the main characters that are stupid. It's fucking unnecessary. It's just, it's just shitty. No one would no no one in their right mind today would read that script and go, I think we can rock with that exactly how it is. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely not. not. No. 
There's a million changes that would need to happen. I would love to see this concept again with a Beetlejuice character who is more funny, more evil, less sexually perverse. Because you can do evil without being sexually perverse. You can do it. I want us to go see the Beetlejuice musical because I think... That'd be fun. I would I would like to go see it because I'd like to see how it is done in a more modern context with a more concerned audience. I mean, from just that song alone that you've probably heard on TikTok and around, the Say My Name song, like, they make notes about Lydia being, like, how just, just because... because I'm a young woman, I'm not an easy mark. Yeah, like, they do... They've clearly done stuff with it that would make it I, I th- better. I just... I feel like there's a way to make it palatable. And I feel like Beetlejuice in the musical is a lot funnier and more interesting to me. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I think Michael Keaton did really well in this role. But when I watch the Beetlejuice in the musical and the guy, the original cast member that did it, um, I don't know. I just, I like him more. Like, I, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's the fact that he doesn't make me feel creepy inside. Um, But... I just, I would like to, I would like to, because I haven't seen the show, I've just listened to the music and seen a few clips of it, so I would like to see the show and listen, like, know the whole script and see what they've done with it, um, and I think that would be really cool, so maybe if it comes on tour to Austin, we'll go. Maybe we'll go. We'll go see it. Um. Yeah, two out of ten. It gets a two for having Michael Keaton and Alec Baldwin before all the drugs. I still have questions about why Alec Baldwin looks the way he does now. Like, I did that person and that person. did a lot of drugs. Don't. So did Matthew Perry, and Matthew Perry still looks like Matthew Perry. Alec Baldwin still looks like Alec Baldwin. He does not look like he did in Beetlejuice. Matthew Perry doesn't look like Matthew Perry anymore. Yes, he does. No, he does not. He looks like older, slightly fatter, way more drugged up Matthew Perry. Anyways. Anyways. Um. Don't watch Beetlejuice. It was a shorter episode just due to the fact it was a shorter movie. Like, it was only 90 minutes, and we're used to doing, like, two-hour-long stints. Like, we finished it, and it was, like, 5.30, and we're like, what are we supposed to do? Um, so we're sorry that this episode is a little bit shorter than normal. Um, our live chat that watched us live has voted for us to jump back into Harry Potter and Thank watch God. Deathly Hallows Part 1. So we will be doing that post thanksgiving we will obviously not be recording next week we will be traveling so you will probably we might release an episode early as a thanksgiving present to you or we might release it when we get yeah, back I might, I might dump out episode two of half blood prince um when we Tuesday. get back we'll see um but when we come back from thanksgiving so not next weekend but the weekend after we will watch deathly hollows part one and we look is forward. that the last movie? Second. Or the, la- the second, the last, yeah. obviously the second to last, but like the last. The last one of the original yeah. Harry Potter. Yes. Tremendous. So we will see you all then, or you will listen to us in your ears before then. Put me in your ears. <laughs>